0: Smoking Joe is already igniting the Queen City. Today, Cincy's shirts printing out tees faster than Joe Burrow can throw touchdowns. And they say business is booming for the Bayou Bengals. You know, with the Bengals having the 2-14 uh, and 14 record this past year, this is something we can all get behind. The
1: Cincinnati Bengals had the NFL's worst record last season, and in turn, look to be the winners of the Joe Burrow sweepstakes, as they're poised to take the LSU quarterback with the first overall pick in tomorrow night's draft. The local kid coming home to save the downtrodden franchise would seem to be the stuff that sports movies are made of. But does Burrow have what it takes to turn things around in Cincinnati? And does he want to play there? I'm Nina Kimes. It's April 22nd. This is ESPN Daily.
0: Ben, the draft is almost here. It it is. The draft is definitely almost here. And I think if you've been in Cincinnati, you've been kind of thinking about the draft for like (laughs) six, seven months. And so it's kind of weird to think about the fact that the draft is upon us.
1: Ben Baby covers the Cincinnati Bengals for ESPN. What percent of Cincinnati was watching the national championship uh, with an eye on Joe
0: Burrow? A very large amount. (laughs) These fans, you know, whenever the Bengals season started to, to go south very quickly, You know, they started to look towards, Okay, we might be having the number one overall pick. And at the same time, Joe Burrow had an incredible year and his stock really started to go up.
1: So let's start there with the obvious question. The Cincinnati Bengals, for those who don't know, have that first overall pick. Is there any chance, Ben Baby, that they do not take Joe Burrow?
0: I I highly, highly, highly doubt it. I mean, as we all (laughs) know, anything can happen. Uh, the day of the draft, but everything that you know we've heard and and you know when you hear and, and you dice up the comments that the Bengals have made publicly, I think there's you know close to a zero percent chance that they do anything but take Joe Burrow. He does a lot of things well for them, and it makes a ton of sense.
1: And if they didn't, I imagine that fan base, given that he's not only the best you know prospect but also the local kid, would probably revolt, right?
0: Yes, I've I've actually joked, and I don't really know if it's a joke, but. Um, I think if they don't take Burrow, we might legitimately see some riots in downtown Cincinnati by the stadium. Because what they need right now, you know, from from not just on the field standpoint, but what they need off the field, I think Joe Burrow is the only person that can provide both of those things.
1: Let's talk about that sort of off the field need, because the reason Cincinnati's in position to get Burrow is because they were terrible last year. They went 2 and 14 worst record in franchise history and of course this is a franchise with a fairly miserable history um they haven't won a playoff game since the 1990 season ben what is it about joe burrow aside from obviously having just won the heisman in the national championship and putting together you know arguably the best uh season of any college quarterback in football history but what is it about joe burrow that makes Bengals fans believe he can lead them out of misery
0: you know, when, when you look at what Joe's able to do and his strengths on the field, it really lines up well to what the Bengals coaching staff philosophically uh, wants to see in their quarterback, which is, you know, making really strong pre-snap reads and being accurate and you know, with the ball and putting it where it needs to be on time. When the Bengals you know spoke with him and have been talking to him throughout the draft process, they were able to, to suss out his leadership qualities and his football intellect. And, and those are things that have come across really well as they've met with him throughout this whole process.
1: So if Joe Burrow does land in Cincinnati, he would, of course, be walking into a difficult situation. How does that compare to his journey as a quarterback so far?
0: You know, it's fascinating when you look at Joe Burrow's history and and where he comes from, specifically in Athens County, Ohio, and Athens High School. Whenever he got there, they had never won a playoff game. And this is a a town and a high school that's playing football for decades. What he did in Athens is what he's essentially going to be doing in Cincinnati, but on a much larger scale. Is taking a place that's never really had a ton of success and trying to elevate them uh, to the highest level. And, and Burrow, you know, interestingly enough, because of his journey, has some experience in that category.
1: He talked about being from Athens when he accepted the Heisman. Coming from from Southeast Ohio, it's it's a very very <laughs> impoverished area and. The poverty rate is almost two times the national average, and there's so many people there that, that don't have a lot. And I'm up here for all those, all those kids in Athens and in Athens County that, you know, go home to not a lot of food on the table. You guys can be up here, too. He talked about food insecurity and poverty and, um, you know, kind of shown a light on the place where he grew up. What is
0: it like? If you drive through there, it's, it's a really rural town. You're in a West Virginia market for TV. Columbus is 80 miles away. So it's really in no man's land. And there's really not a lot of economy there. The biggest thing is you know, Ohio University, which is in Athens, uh, which is you know, when, whenever uh, opposing coaches are looking at what's going on at Athens High, they're, they're just praying that the, the Ohio University coaching staff doesn't change. Because that means that someone might bring a kid in who might change the dynamic of the team. And interestingly enough, that's what happened when Joe Burrow moved into town when he was in second grade.
1: They moved there because his dad, who was a college coach, got a job there, right?
0: His dad was a graduate assistant for Frank Solich at Nebraska a couple years before. And then when Solich got the job as Ohio's head coach, he brought Jimmy Burrow along to be the defensive coordinator. And then they moved to Athens. Joe almost left whenever he was in middle school, whenever Jimmy... Uh, had a job opportunity at Iowa State, and, and he didn't ultimately get it. You know, they said, we're not leaving until Joe gets out of high school. And that ended up being a very formative experience for him. And it's kind of from that moment on, you know, he's kind of had this chip on his shoulder. And, you know, it's it's fascinating if, if that would still be there if he didn't finish his career at Athens. How good was he as a high school quarterback? He was phenomenal. He was one of the best, you know, when you talk about his athleticism, he was supposed to be playing another position as a sophomore, uh, they had another kid who they liked as the quarterback uh, that year in 2012. Um, and then that kid's dad, uh, Pete uh, uh, Michael Germano's dad, Pete Germano, got a job at Fresno State as an assistant there. And then all of a sudden they said, well, I guess Joe's playing quarterback a year early. An opposing coach told me, you know, we would you'd have a lot of people just going into Athens games just to see what that offense looked like because they had heard you know, all the rumors around, oh, this this thing looks really different and this quarterback can really sling it. So I'm joined by a whole lot of excited Athens fans. I could not find a more excited fan than Mr. Charlie. came over 200 miles and painted up, showed us his dance moves. So the community
1: really got behind him?
0: Yeah, they definitely did. Joe Burrow ended up winning Mr. Football in the state of Ohio his senior year, whenever they went to go play a, a playoff game. They were driving through uh, some of the other towns and people were coming out from those towns to sport Athens. This was a region that, that got really overlooked, that never really had a ton of respect. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't think much of it. From a county standpoint, there was a really strong sense of, okay, it's kind of Southeast Ohio versus everybody, where everybody had the sense of pride that says, this is what we can do uh, when you give us a chance. How far did he take that team? I believe they won 14 straight games and went undefeated into the state championship game in Division Three, and were matched up against Toledo Central Catholic. From the
1: famed horseshoe, Ohio Stadium in Columbus. It's the Ohio High School Athletic Association Football State Championships.
0: Joe was really effective. He tied the state record for six touchdowns. Going deep. Caught. Touchdown. A 54-yard touchdown strike from Joe Burrow. took a lead with a little over two minutes left and all of a sudden you know toledo central catholic basically needs a miracle to go and win this game and sure enough they convert three different fourth down conversions and they end up scoring the game-winning touchdown with 15 seconds left to the five touchdown and central catholic is your state champion now there is no
1: consoling any member of the bulldogs here tonight
0: it's interesting to go back and you look at that post game press conference. And, you know, a lot of the questions are, you know, especially to Joe, or to maybe talk about how great the season was and, and all of that. And, and Joe didn't really say any of that.
1: I think it's easily the worst feeling in the world. Worst day of my life. There's not much more to be said.
0: He had one interception earlier in the game, and, and that's what he wanted to focus on. He didn't make enough plays. We, I threw a pick. Can't do that in these kind of games when you look at Athens' history, the fact that they were playing for a state championship game and were seconds away from winning it, you would think that you know there would be some satisfaction in that. And uh, for Joe, that definitely wasn't there. You know, another wrinkle to all of this is that game was played at Ohio Stadium, which is the home of the Ohio State Buckeyes. And going into Joe's season, he had already committed to Ohio State. So, you know, this was going to be the stadium if everything fell right, where he was going to be a starter. And and he was going to lead the Buckeyes and in front of bigger crowds and in front of games with higher stakes. Joe Burrow has replaced JT Barrett. Barrett's night is apparently done. Burrow takes off, darts up the middle and will score standing up. Joe Burrow. Joe had two of his biggest heartbreaks at Ohio State. One was losing the state championship. Fast forward a few years and he doesn't win the starting job with the Buckeyes and that forces him to leave his home state and go to LSU to prove himself as a starting quarterback.
1: Let's talk about that, uh, his inability to immediately win a starting job after high school, after the break. So Ben, while Joe did not win a state championship, it does sound like his high school career was fairly charmed. He was an unmitigated success as a high school quarterback. But after that, he wasn't so successful. What happened before he ended up at LSU?
0: So he didn't have a ton of offers. You know, interestingly enough, because Athens was so close to Columbus, Ohio State was one of the bigger schools that offered him. You know, when he got to Ohio State, you know, you quickly realize that there's a lot of good quarterbacks here. In his primary competition, when it came time for him to be the starter was Dwayne Haskins. Joe suffered a hand injury that required surgery, and what that did was that it ended up putting Haskins in the driver's seat. And, you know, by the time the 2017 season ended and then, you know, they were getting ramped up to go into 18, it was clear that Joe was not going to be the starter, and for him to do so required him to transfer. And so he ended up going to LSU.
1: Well, we all know how that ended. Burroughs got time. Launching for the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown, Terrence
0: Marshall. LSU sits on the throne of college football.
1: Concluded with the national championship, with the Heisman, with all the accolades that led him to being the number one pick. If his high school career ended with what he described as the worst day of his life, how did his college career feel
0: to him? You could definitely see the joy that he had on that field. I talked to his high school coach, uh, Ryan Adams, and he felt like there was a lot of validation that came with LSU winning the national championship because of the journey that Joe went on. For everything to finally all come together for him uh, was a validation of the effort and kind of the work that he put in. Burrow's probably one of the hardest working quarterbacks that you'll find. I remember his uh, high school offensive coordinator, Nathan White, said, You know, Joe was the type of kid who would be texting me. He was like, hey, when can we go throw? Hey, I want to go out to the field and and throw some routes. And his offensive coordinator said that I don't think I ever saw a bad practice from Joe. And that kind of shows the work ethic that he put in, even at a young age. And so it kind of was a culmination of all the things that have been working for him for so many years
1: kind of this, this borough curse. My brother lost the national championship. My dad lost a couple of Grey Cups. I lost the state championship. Both my brothers lost state championships. This is kind of our first one, so this is super special. After Tua Tungavailoa got hurt, and of course Joe ended the season the way he did, it seemed pretty... Foregone that he would be the number one overall pick. And then, of course, when the NFL season ended, we all knew that it would be actually a little earlier than that. We knew it would be the Cincinnati Bengals with that pick. It seemed perfect in some ways, Ben, right? Because Joe Burrow is from Ohio. It's the Bengals. But do you think it's perfect to him?
0: You know, he's been very hesitant to say that he's, you know, all in on coming to Cincinnati. <laughs> You know, when we asked him about it at the Combine. Of the narrative that you didn't want to play in Cincinnati, it's been building up over the last few weeks. What did you make of it, uh, you know, leading into this?
1: You know, the only thing that I've said is I, I just didn't want to be presumptuous about the pick. And so that's why I've been non-committal because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, they might not pick me, they might fall in love with someone else.
0: You know, it sounded like he was okay with coming to Cincinnati. If the Bengals select you at number one, would you happily report to go play for them?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to not play. I'm a ball player. Whoever picks me, I'm going to go show up. you have any reservations about playing for the Cincinnati Bengals? I'll play whoever for, for whoever drafts me. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to be presumptuous about, you know, what, what they want to do.
0: I think Joe also takes that as a challenge, and his father Jimmy said as much. You know, when you have that kind of franchise, you have to kind of embrace um, what, what that, the history and kind of what that entails as well. And, you know, with Joe being as competitive as he is, I think if he's the one to be able to turn around a franchise like the Bengals that would also go to show what, what Burrow can do and kind of, if you're a competitor, you, you kind of thrive on, on that opportunity. Did he grow up a Bengals fan? He did not. He uh, It's funny because I think he, he actually cheered for the Browns for a short period of time. Hmm. You know, I heard a story where um, someone was saying that he grew up a big Drew Brees fan. And, you know, after after that seventh month stretch before the LSU season started to the end of the national championship and how much his stock grew, he got to the point where he was signing autographs for Drew Brees because Brees asked for him. Um, no, he did not grow up a Bengals fan.
1: Ben, the Bengals did something very strange this offseason. They spent money. They went out and uh, added some free agents. This is a team that notoriously doesn't really do that. What did you make of their spending spree feels a little strong, but what did you make of their expenditures? And what do you think that says about how they view Burrow?
0: Yeah, the Bengals, they went out and they signed former Houston defensive tackle DJ Reader. They signed former Minnesota cornerback Trey Waynes. I think ultimately when you total up all of their deals, you're looking at at least $145 million, and that's a very conservative amount. Um, you know, And that's the kind of money that historically hasn't been spent here in Cincinnati. They're the type of franchise that is really hesitant to take that kind of risk. But, you know, I think it's fascinating when you look at the backdrop of what happened after the season ended when there was a lot of comments of, you know, does this franchise actually want to win championships? And you had Joe Burrow say, you know,
1: you want to go number one, but you also want to go to a a great organization that's committed to winning, committed to winning
0: Super Bowls. And if you want to win Super Bowls, you have to also spend like it and build your team like it as well. And so for Cincinnati to go out and attack some key positions and say, we're going to go out and spend a lot of money and try to overhaul this roster, I think they were not only just trying to prove it to those naysayers, but maybe also even Burrow to say, listen, we are a place that wants to go win a Super Bowl. We do want to compete.
1: So Ben, Joe says he's ready to walk into a difficult situation, and he's done it in the past, but... He's coming, you know, from an LSU team that was extraordinarily dominant with incredible weapons around him and amazing coaches. Not so much when he goes to Cincinnati. Do you think that will be challenging for him?
0: I think it will. I think, you know, like like anybody who's stepping into the real world for the first time, it is going to be a little bit of a shock. But, you know, to Joe's credit, I think one of the things that's going to help him out is his confidence is probably uh, one of the best you're going to see out of a quarterback he was confident in himself enough to say, you know what, I'm going to go transfer. I'm going to leave my comfort zone and go to LSU and prove myself there. And I think the Bengals have been cognizant of that as well. So I know
1: you have not been in Cincinnati for terribly long. You are not from there, in case anyone who is hearing Ben's accent can't tell. But you've got a sense of the fan base and the misery and the team. How do you think he jives with the organization, just his personality and style?
0: You know, I think he is going to walk into a situation that is is going to feel really familiar to him. Um, You know, in terms of, you know, the the vibe of the city, I mean, uh, his his high school coach told me, you know, what Cincinnati feels like is what we felt like during the 80s and 90s and 2000s when we had no success at all and we just wanted it so bad. Um, And and Joe is going to walk into a similar city that is just, like I said, yearning for that playoff victory. And, and, you know, Zach Taylor and, and this coaching staff they want to be the ones also to bring that success to Cincinnati. You know, I asked Zach, you know, you, you took a risk coming here, you know, you you knew this franchise and its history, and yet this is where you wanted to start out your career as a head coach. And he felt good enough to say, this is where I want to start my career and I'm willing to take that risk. And if you're Joe, I think you have to like that, that there's a, a guy who could have probably waited a couple of years to maybe get a job somewhere else um, and said, you know what, I'll go ahead and start it in Cincinnati and we'll see how this goes.
1: Last question, Ben, is: Do you think there's any concern in the organization with the Bengals or in the city of Cincinnati that Joe Burrow has gone on the record hating on Skyline Chili? I hate it. Are, are you going to switch back? No, I like, Cincinnati. I like Skyline. Cincinnati's yeah. going to oh, hate me. Yeah. But I hate that yeah. stuff. You, it's not real chili. It's yeah. just it's just sauce. What do you mean? Right. C- what do you mean Cincinnati's have... going to
0: hate you? Listen, as if he if Joe Burrow brings Cincinnati a playoff win and ultimately maybe even does more. He can hate, hate skyline as long as he wants. He's also right. I will. Uh, I decline comments on uh, on that topic. <laughs> That's good. You got you got to keep peace with the locals. Thanks so much, Ben. Thank you for having me, Nina.
1: Coming up: How Michael Jordan's global fame led to a life changing decision. another story I want you to know. The Last Dance has reminded us all of what a global phenomenon Michael Jordan was in the 80s and 90s. He had fans all over the world. One of those fans grew up in Australia. His name is James Dater, and a few years ago, he wrote a piece for SB Nation, where he works, about idolizing MJ. He loved him so much that when it came time for him to pick college, he wanted to be like Mike and go to UNC. He actually had family living in Greensboro, North Carolina, so he applied to UNC Greensboro. And when he was accepted, he was thrilled. On the first day of class, he wore a Tar Heels hat. So he showed up, and even though no one's wearing the same shade of blue, he doesn't really put two and two together until he's sitting in a giant lecture hall, watching a PowerPoint, and there's a section on campus life. At which point, an image pops up of the UNC Greensboro logo, the Spartans. And in that moment, Dater knew he had made a huge mistake. After tossing his hat in the trash, Dater did some research about the school's actual basketball program, and he found out that the year before, their record was 7-22. and Not exactly college basketball's elite. He says he only cried a little on his first day, and he fell asleep to his DVD copy of Michael Jordan, Come Fly With Me. But 12 years later, he says he has no regrets. I'm Nina Kimes, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'd also like to tell you about a fundraiser our company's part of called the All-In Challenge. It's at allinchallenge.com. On that site, you will see short videos from professional athletes, sports celebrities, and others describing prized possessions and once-in-a-lifetime experiences you can bid on or enter to win. 100% of the money raised by the All-In Challenge will benefit organizations providing food to those in need right now. If you want to participate or you want to learn more about these organizations and how they help, visit allinchallenge.com. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow.